the volume. This Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1800gambler or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1877770stop for Louisiana 1800270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 18778hopeny or text hopeny for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? We're back. Another episode, another interview, another connection with a lady that I just simply adore that goes by the name of Celeste Bone. And you guys know her in WWE as Caitlin, former Divas champ. She had a hell of a run hell of like a rise all those things happen in such a short period of time that which like truly does not happen anymore in this day and age you know it was really cool to to get to talk to celeste just about what her experience was like during all of that and like kind of more importantly what like what life has been like for her after that you know just talking about you know taking the time to just sort of like check in with herself and like figure out who she is outside of wrestling, outside of bodybuilding, her as a woman, her as a partner. Um, Her partner, Grant, actually jumps on with us for uh, for a portion of this interview. But she is just like truly a beacon. You know, when there's like that person that's just in the room, you're like, I want to be friends with this person. Like she's just always so bright, like has such a great, loud, like full body laugh. Um, I, she just has that energy. Um, it's like that, that star power energy, but just someone you want to like hang out with. Um, so it was just really nice to be able to see her and hang out with her and like, just hear how much she has like changed and grown as a person. I mean, if you follow Celeste on her social media, obviously, you know what I'm talking about. You can see this transformation of who she is and the, the things that she focuses on and all of that. She's just such an exceptional human being. And her name is Celeste. I feel like a name has not suited a person more than Celeste suits Celeste. So let's do this. Let's get into it. This is the beautiful, the talented, the lovely Celeste Bonin. I've been like nervous, so nervous for this because I like, I'm like, all right, run through the checklist of all the things like why you're nervous because so many big shifts in perspective I've had are like 
okay, why are you actually feeling what you're feeling right now? And like, how can you like understand it? So you're not freaking out and just like, you know, understanding my body and nervous system. And it's like so much of the tools I learned from just like feeling anxious and nervous of learning how to just be like, okay, well, these are all the same feelings I have when I'm excited and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to do something. So it's like shifting like your thought of like what's happening to you based on your nervous system. And I was like, why am I so excited? And it's like, number one, like I have so much respect for you. And I just like, I love you so much. Thanks, buddy. I love you. And it's so cool. Cause like, I feel like I give myself this like self-proclaimed cool position to have seen you in such a like unique light from like behind the scenes from the very beginning and then being able to see it, you know, from, from afar and just loving it so much. So it's so cool what you've done. Thank you. It's so cool. Like there's, I mean, there's so many people that we can kind of apply that to, right. Of like, I knew you when you were doing X, Y, and Z, and I've seen these struggles and these ups and downs and oh my God, now you're hitting on all fucking cylinders doing this other thing. It's so cool. I keep using Becky as the example for that because I was just talking about it in a previous interview. Um, but it always blows my mind to see like when she came out at NXT doing her Gaelic dancing, trying to figure out what's working here, what's going to not work. And then like seeing her hanging out backstage and catering, trying to figure out what's my next thing to get back on TV and to be back in with Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey. to now she's like the biggest thing in pro wrestling and like a full different level of superstar. It's so cool. It's insane. And it's like, it's this cool ability to be like such a fan of the person for like every reason ever. And especially stepping away from, you know, this world that we all kind of know each other from is stepping away from it and like dealing with all the, I want to say side effects or symptoms of like what comes with that and then processing it differently while you're not in it. And then having this like really profound respect for what it is. And like, even for me, like the things that I went through and, and experienced and thought about and like struggled through, I'm like, now I'm like, Oh my God, like, geez, like looking at, you know, what, looking at the situation outside of it. And then also, and then just being like, Oh my gosh, the artistry required for every part of it. And then truly recognizing so many people as like true, true, true artists of their craft. And then like more of the respect comes from not a lot of people truly know what that is or what it is. And so it's just, it's so cool. I feel like I have such a cool view and perspective of it. So I just, I, so number one, that's like one of the reasons why I was like, just excited and nervous because I'm like, this is so cool. Like, and I really loved like our last, I feel like our true last reunion was at a few years ago at the May Young. And it was like this other really integral part, I think for like both of us and our careers. And it was just like, Hey man, what's up? Like, <laughs> yes. It's so funny. That really was, I mean, me coming in there to do that and you were like this comfort to me because I was like, oh my God, yes, Celeste is in here. I've not seen her for a while. I already know your stories. I know that I'm going to be able to call your matches out there to a degree. I mean, fuck, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of calling matches, but there was a familiarity with you that I knew. So as soon as I saw you, I was like, oh my God, thank God you're here. I uh, Like, let's figure this shit out. Because that is such a whirlwind, especially you go into the May Young. And I'm sure for you, I can't even imagine your perspective because you had been away from wrestling for years. And then you get catapulted back in to, God, how many familiar faces were back there for you? There couldn't have been many. How funny is this frame of perspective? You know, you got catapulted back into this world. And I'm like, as you're saying that, I'm like, well, I guess that's actually how I started in this world anyways, with like wrestling. So it's like how much of a 
impromptu comeback in the style that I'm used to, but you named it. Like I felt so much comfort with you even more so. Like I ha- I have a different relationship with like Beth, like that was very, very comforting. And like, I have so much love and respect for Beth too. And even Michael Cole, you know, like that was strange because, you know, I had never really like had the opportunity or created the opportunity for myself to have a conversation with him after I was like away from everything for so long, because I had this like grudge and bitterness towards a lot of things that I hadn't like worked through or like looked at properly, I guess. And by properly, I mean like really understanding them and and how certain things affected me, especially in my career and, and wrestling. And Michael Cole was like this big part of it. And like, I get it. Like everybody just does what they have to do. Everybody just does. Like they show up in the way that everyone's in survival mode. Everybody is. Yes. And it's like, I was in that. And so was everyone. And so it's like being away from that and like processing so much of like my life and the things that shape me and like really coming into that. Now I started really like working on all this stuff within myself in my early thirties, but really, really profoundly in the last two years. So when I saw you and Beth and Michael Cole, I the May Young Classic. I wasn't where I'm at now, obviously, but like it was cool to be able to talk to him and be like, I get it. Like I totally get what you were doing and why you were doing it. And I get like I just get it. And like I have so much respect for you. And like I it was like a just a cool moment for me to come back and rekindle like three very different but very like impactful relationships. And then going and you're right, like there wasn't anybody that I knew really, but it was cool because like before in the beginning, and I think this is true for a lot of people, or it used to be, I feel like it probably still is when you get the opportunity to get signed by this like unbelievably huge company and you're like, Oh my God, you know, this is like everything I could have ever imagined for myself. You'll do anything. You'll sign anything. You'll make an ass of yourself. And I now understand the difference between just doing it to do it. And the difference between like having an understanding within myself of like why I'm doing something and and my standards and how I carry myself. But then like, I was always so afraid and you're right. Like, it's like, everyone is like every single day in the culture that exists now. And especially when I was there, it's just, it's a culture of constantly having to prove yourself. It ebbs and flows. And I know I felt this way and I have seen it from the outside perspective of other people's careers as well, where it ebbs and it flows. And there's times that you're like, so-and-so loves this person. Everything is working for you. It's all great. And then there'll be like, it feels like there's like a little bit of a fuck up that all of a sudden like, oh, maybe this promo didn't go well or maybe this match didn't go well. And then you see this like confidence starts to shake and these, you know, you see that sort of the, the decline and then somebody picks back up again. And it's always those ups and downs and ups and downs. But when you feel like you're on one of those highs, it's like, okay, everything's great. I feel cool about this. But when it's not that moment, you are very much so like, how do I get back to being in, you know, whether it's Vince's good graces or whatever, it, it can be a real fucking battle. Oh my God. It is. Cause when you, when you are in that spot, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I've worked so hard for this. I've, I've worked, this is everything I've worked for to have the, the moments where you truly feel valued and like, and, and seen and desired as like an, you know, an entertainer. Um, and so those moments are, of course, they're like, oh my God, this is everything I've wanted, but it is so difficult to recognize those moments when they're happening to actually be present for them because you're just so fucking worried about when you're going to lose it. And then inevitably you lose it. Just it's, it is the ebbs and flows, but I think the ebbs and flows become cyclical in, in nature because like we cycle ourselves through it. We, it's like, we work so hard. We work so hard. We work so hard every day. Oh my God, I need to prove myself. How can, how, what, what is it that needs, I want to be enough. I need, I need, how can I be enough? Like, you know, for me, it was my body. Like I'm like in my understanding, the way that I grew up, that all the things that shaped me, all my experiences, you know, the way 
pop culture, religion, education, everything. My family was that like, my only value is my body. My only value is my, my sexuality, but it's, that's not even truly mine to own. So I was like, when I got hired, I had zero experience. And so it was like this unbelievably cool opportunity to like, I just got to start wrestling on NXT. And you got brought up to the main roster really quickly too. Yeah. It all happened so fast. So I was like, I don't know anything about wrestling in general, pro wrestling. I don't know anything about, uh, I, I don't, I don't have, I'm not a skilled wrestler. I don't, I'm not a technical wrestler. I, I just have myself. Right. And, and so like, I, d- I constantly was like, I have, what can I learn? I have to prove myself, but it, I could, would only let it go so far. I wasn't like truly immersing myself in understanding how to be better, how to show up different, how to, uh, to, to learn the psychology of it and, and like the artistry of it. Cause I was so afraid. I was so afraid that like I, my value that I perceived my value as my body wasn't good enough. So like none of the other shit mattered to me. So I'm like, how can I be leaner? How can I dress in a way that, that gets more attention or garners Vince's attention, or that fits this specific box of like, you know, this checklist of things that I have to be, to be relevant, to, to be valued, to be understood, to be respected, to be accepted. And because I was doing that for so long, all of my attention was there, all of my focus was there. I could not see like, my actual value, my magic, like the whole time on NXT, it was me. It was who I am that shined through to be able to win the season. And, but I never saw it. That's the thing. I could never see myself. I could never understand it. So I always chalked it up to, well, I got lucky or I must have the type of body of someone they're looking for right now. Or, and, and so for any other reason, but it to be that it's me. And now I look back at wrestling and I'm like, oh my God, my story to myself has been, cause like I've done countless interviews on the way that I debuted, the way that I started. Cause it was like, it's such an interesting story. I got hired. And then three weeks later, I debuted on a, on live TV, on a, you know, wrestled for the first time live. It's so crazy. Cause I, my story to myself has been, and it has evolved about like the way that I look at it, but it has been, oh, I didn't have a character. I didn't know anything about wrestling. I was just myself. But the funny thing is like this weekend, I realized I was at WrestleCon doing a signing. Now at this point, like when I do appearances, like I just love connecting with people because I feel like it's just like this beautiful aspect that I never truly valued as much as I do now, that connection. And someone, we were talking about it, about like my debut or someone was asking me some questions about it. And I was like, oh my God, I literally didn't even know how to be myself in my life in general. I did not know how to be myself. I had learned from such an early age to suppress this aspect of myself, to dim this aspect of myself, to deny this aspect. What parts of you do you mean? Just like my true voice, my true desires, my true, like the things that I truly love um, or my needs or, or, or just who I am in exchange for like my human needs, like the love and acceptance I needed from like my parents. So it's like you learn to suppress an aspect of yourself, like don't show emotion, don't cry, don't, don't ask for things if you want love, if you want attention. So you literally learn on such an early age to suppress these aspects of yourself. If no one ever teaches you or or shows you how to access these parts of yourself, once you are an adult, once that all of those like beliefs and understandings about what the world is and, and who you are, they're already solidified in your subconscious. So unless you go back and visit them, you continue just seeing the world that way and perceiving yourself that way. So like I had parts of myself that had like so much shame about like, 
aspects of my sexuality, like in general, just like my expression as a person, the, 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 the way that I speak, the way that I move my body, the way that I carry myself, the fluidity of mind, body, soul. Like I didn't have all of those pieces because I rejected so many parts of myself in exchange to be good enough. And so that was just magnified once I got on TV. So I'm like, I'm just being myself, whatever that is. And just like, you know, it's like taking these pieces of like things that I liked and loved and like trying to construct this version of myself that I thought would be like loved and received. And so I didn't even realize that I didn't even know myself or even have the slightest clue of who I truly am until I was like 33 years old. But I think that's a lot of people. I mean, you look at when you started to now and it's like, yeah, we don't know who we are until like, we don't know who the fuck we are then. We're kids. And I, you know, when you're in it and you're on the road and you've had these responsibilities and you're on TV and you're getting some fame, you have all these things, you're like, you feel like you should be this fully formed functioning human being that understands everything that you're going through and you just simply don't. Um, and it, it is such a learning curve. God, you've just said so many things that made my head be like, oh my God, I have a million questions for you. But the biggest thing for me is like, for me to see this shift in you, you have always been this like very bright, infectious personality. Like you're the person people want to like gravitate to, to hang out with. And you've always been that. And now to see this version of you, that's just like this clarity that you have that's like, oh my God, I feel like I can like see your third eye happening like before <laughs> me, like teach me your ways. How did you, like, what was the process of going through those things and revisiting, I guess, some of the trauma that comes with being catapulted into the position that you were in, in dealing with some of the body issues that you were dealing with and just those struggles of the highs and the lows to where you are now to fully understand and concept all those things that you went through. Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada, my home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HO. Hope NY or text Hope NY for New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. So like what was the work into getting into that understanding of all of these things? First of all, you said it in the first part of 
going into the, this question, you said when you get catapulted into something like fame or, or something like, you know, ex- extremely high pressure, you do, you have that expectation of yourself. I should be here. I should have, I should have this shit together. I should, I should have this understanding. I should be these things just because I now have this different level of fame. I all of a sudden have this responsibility to be all these things because I have all this attention on me. I have this influence. I have this power and I don't know how to use it. And it's like, how do I live up to this position, this role? This happens to everybody. You said it, it is the human experience. It is the absolute human experience, but it's like on a level of being at the height of something, being on television, uh, being a, a select few in an industry that people work their whole lives to get to, right? Like it's so prestigious. So it's like, I can't fuck up. My time in WWE, it would be easy to say, oh, fucked me up. However, I now realize, and, and I, I thought that for a long time, because I, I, and that's why I couldn't, I didn't do anything in wrestling for a really long time until like the May Young. And that's why that was such a big deal to me. Because like, I literally didn't know how to process it. Anytime I would do like an appearance or like a signing or talk about wrestling, I would have these feelings that I didn't know how to process and, look, and I didn't know how to not have them essentially. Everything I look at in wrestling, the painful shit, the, the things that I, I went through and was struggling with, like during my time there, also the really like profoundly beautiful things, all the opportunities, the travel, the connections, the love available to me from fans and, and my peers and the deep connections that are made. Like all of it, all of it showed me and reflected to me things that already existed in me, pain that already existed in me. Um, And so if you can truly look at your life, like everything in your life, every aspect, like your career, everything that that has to do with like your profession and then your, your family, your relationships, and then your body and your health, you look at everything, it reflects to you what you have going on within yourself. And it's like, if you can say, oh my gosh, like, I don't understand myself. I want to understand why I am the way that I am. I want to understand how to like shift my perspective. I'm going to understand how to like change habits. I want to understand how to not feel the way that I feel when I come into contact or think about or talk about wrestling. I left wrestling because I was like, I thought I was just going to get fired. I felt like less and less relevant. I had so much like shame. I had gained all this weight and like my body was just giving me every signal that I was not okay. Like emotionally, like mentally, I just, I had so much like hatred for myself. I had so much resentment for myself and like that projected outwards towards others. And like, I was like in self-destruct mode. And so I just asked for my release on a day that like, it was like a really shitty day. Oh, I remember it so specifically. We were in Philadelphia. (laughs) Every time I would be in that building, I would think of that moment with you in the locker room. I was so disassociated from like so much of that day because it was so painful. Cause like, I didn't understand why I was doing these things. I just was like, I don't know what to do. And like, I for a long time hated the way I left. Cause like I ripped myself out of like really the only like love and support I had really in my life, but I didn't know how to receive any of it. Like I was isolating myself. So I'm like, okay, well maybe this is time for me to leave. And I had gotten engaged really fast and I felt like I just needed to go on like a hiatus and just figure my shit out. You know, I left and I got like a couple months severance and I didn't really have a plan on what I was going to do. I, I literally felt like I don't have any thing to give, to share. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my career, I felt so lost. And so like, I just got married and I was like, well, I'll start a business. And I was like, maybe I can do that. I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about clothing manufacturing and stuff. And I can see this now to me, 
it was just replacing wrestling and wrestling was replacing fitness and competing. So like my only relevance I felt growing up, like in my teen years, especially I I started to find my identity in being really muscular and strong. And so I started working out a lot and I competed as soon as I got out of high school and that became my identity. I was like, this is the way that I'm going to get love and respect and, and, and be something in the world is through this, this is the vessel. And so when I started doing that, I had some success. And then immediately after the first couple of shows I did, I started having like really fucked up body dysmorphia and, and didn't, I didn't understand nutrition. I didn't understand how to take care of myself. That sure is a popular topic on this podcast lately where the body dysmorphia shit is fucking gnarly. Every fucking body. It became very toxic and unhealthy, like in my competing days, but I still was like, this is my meal ticket. This is my bread and butter. I don't know what the fuck else I would do with my life. I thought so little of myself. That like kills me to hear. Oh my gosh. Isn't it crazy though? Like, I think it's like why I love connecting to fans so much now when I do like signings and stuff. Cause I'm like, just so you know, whatever you're going through right now. Cause like a lot of times people come up and they're so nervous and they're just like, like a wreck. And I'm like, just so you know, like whatever you're feeling like is so okay. When I was on TV, like I felt like this every day. And so it's like, just so you know, we're all the same. And it's like, it's so cool. Cause like that really gives people this ability to be like, oh, So like wrestling became my new vessel. Like this is who, how I'm going to be someone. This is my, this is the only way, this is it. This is my opportunity. So I grasped it so tightly. Like this has to work for me. This is my way to be someone in my life. This is it. And so that's why like when it didn't turn out to be that for me, I think like I just started falling apart and like being like, why can't I figure this out? And then when I left after, you know, I got married and I started my business that was my new way of proving and being like, please tell me I'm good enough world. Like, please tell me I am, I am enough to be successful to, to uh, run a business. I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to do that. I'm capable enough to do that. And seven years I tried seven years. I tried to do that. And I eventually towards the end of that, before I met Grant, he's my fiance now he's, he's my business partner. He's, he's truly, truly been my teacher. And, and now like, it's so insane to unravel like the process of the stages of like awakening I went through throughout our relationship leading up to now. But when I met him, I had just left. Um, I had just come out of, I was like months away from coming out of um, medical detox for drinking. And so like, there was a third time. So that means like, I literally could not find it in myself to look at the root problem, to look at why I was doing that to why I was numbing myself. I was like in this prison that I didn't know how to get out of. And I didn't even know that I had built myself into it. And so I like my only escape was like drinking. Cause like I are drugs. Like, cause I literally did not know how to not feel the pain that I felt on a daily basis. My body was like really unhealthy. And I just, I would like close the blinds in my house, like on sunny days. Like it was very, I was like a creature. It was like very strange. It's not like it just happens overnight, but it's like one thing leads to another that you're like, whoa, I've completely turned into a dip. Yeah, like this different Yeah, person. like a gargoyle. Oh my God. <laughs> what was the tipping point for you to pull yourself out of that? So I got invited to this like mastermind thing, totally out of my element. Um, some guy, like I did his podcast. He, he owned this business for like coaching for coaches. And I wasn't a coach at that time. I was still trying to make my, my clothing business work. And 
it taught me so much. It taught me so, so much about myself, about like my creative abilities. And, and also respect to the booty scrunch. Let's not like look down our nose on the booty scrunch. Thank you. And that was like, so such a cool thing for me to have created that patented some kind of, like, you know, it became like an industry standard. And I, I, I have so much love for that. Um, I couldn't really see it then when I was in it, but now I'm just like, that was really fucking cool. Part of like my life, my career, but I ended up going to this, this event and I was very out of my element. I brought my friend with me, one of my best friends, who's a, she's a nutrition coach. And I'm like, you know, about this stuff. I don't let's go. Like I was at that point looking for something. I was looking for a, a guide, a, a teacher, a, a mentor, something. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I met Grant there. He was speaking at the event, but we were both like in relationships and we just had this like instant elevator moment and it was just like all the movies and like, well, let's bring Grant in. Cause I want to hear his perspective on this as well. I know he's lingering around. He is baby. You want to come in here? You ready? He's uh he's warming up, stretching. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But so it was crazy. He's coming in here, but um, we are this inseparable, like soul level connection. Here he is. Hi, Grant. Yo, what is going on? Hi. Oh, my gosh. Hi. I'm so excited to like, I love a good love story. Like, what has she said? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most epic love story because like our love literally like taught me how to like have love for myself. So when we met, like we both had this, like, I guess, visceral agreement that like, we're like, oh, that, that's my person. Like that's yeah. But you know, when we were, we were in different relationships at the time. I think I felt that immediately. I looked at her and I was like, who is this? Because <laughs> she has like this like beam above her all the time of this like glowing person. You're like, I want to hang out with her. Tell me more about this woman. Wow. <laughs> I was literally, I was literally towards the, it was kind of like the end idea of an end of a relationship where it was like kind of trying to finalize exactly how everything was going to go down. And at that point I was so set that I'm like, I've got my dog I'm good. Like I am, I'm like going to just travel the country, enjoy myself for a little while. Uh, I had finally got my business to where I wanted it to be. I could travel. I could do whatever I want. I was totally remote. And I met her. And the moment I saw her, like we literally have a painting. Our friend, our friends did a painting for our one year anniversary. And when she said like an elevator moment, it was literally in an elevator. We met in an elevator. We looked across each other and I was like, yes, <laughs> I'll take. Yeah. And, and then, and then when I actually met her, uh, later at the event that day, she said her name and I was like, is that your real name? And then that night we ended up sitting across from each other at like a VIP dinner. And uh, we were talking a little bit and she said something about what I had mentioned in business because I, I spoke earlier that day. And I was like, well, what's your business? And she was like, oh, I, you know, I, I own a, a leggings company. And she told me about like the scrunch. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then she's like, and you know, and I wrestled in WWE and I was like looking around, I was like, is she fucking with me right now? I'm like looking at everybody. I'm like, that's the kind of thing I would say to somebody. Like, oh yeah. And He's I'm like, an I've met my adversary. I'm like, I'm also an astronaut. And they're, everyone's like, uh, no, that's real. I'm like, really? Okay. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have the title. I'm holding the title. I'm like, I'm like, do you want to kick my ass right now? I'll take it. <laughs> A couple months after that, like he order, ended up ordering from my company and I had like two pairs of men's leggings available because it was a woman's, you know, a woman's company. And we really didn't sell that many of the men's things unless like, you know, oh, someone bought them for their boyfriend or husband or whatever. And so like the girl, one of the girls that was working for me, she was like, oh my God, we just got a, an order not discounted for men's leggings. So I was like, who is it? And it was him. And so like, I sent him, I wrote him a note, sent him some extra stuff. And then I sent some stuff in there for 
his girlfriend, the girl that I thought he was like, that I met at the event that he was like dating because I was like, well, I don't, I want to give you these things and write you this note. That's like, obviously I'm in love with you, but I'm also going to give you some stuff for your current girlfriend. Just, you know, just in case. A little something to lessen the blow a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Except I saw that and I was like, oh man, they're close. It's a girl. I was like, fuck, I don't know how this is going to work out, but yeah. We, hey, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. We ended up like moving <laughs> in really fast together and um, just like, so, 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 so in love. And I knew that, but I was still in this like self-created gargoyle prison. And there were so many things that I had so much shame about that I didn't even know how to name. Like my operating system was like, well, this person who I like think the absolute world of that I have never even been able to dream of or imagine that, you know, this person would be in my life that, that would think like, would want me to be, you know, their significant other. Like, I just thought just like the world of him, like he could never know these things about me. He could never know about like the drugs and alcohol and about these things in my marriage and all of this like pain that I had. And, and because I hadn't really acknowledged it. How insane is that? Because at the same time I'm moving down there and I'm going, what is this chick seeing me? What, what, like, I, I better be at the top of my game about everything. And I was just coming out off like a kind of like a two year hiatus of getting out of a horrible business endeavor where I pretty much like lost everything. I, I got screwed over by someone who I considered to be a very good friend and I trusted them and I didn't do my due diligence. And I had so much shame around that because it was still like I was still doing business coaching and stuff, yet I wasn't able to take my own advice in business. So it's like, how do you look at the world and you go, I know this is what I do as a profession, but like I messed up my own gig. And the moment I admitted that everybody, and that was like, that was like 10 months before we met. I did that online on Instagram. I think I ended up getting like 50 applications that day because people were like, I resonate with like the relatability. Like it's so true. And so honest, it's not just somebody else. So from that moment, it's like 10 months leading up to when we met, I kind of went through this whole transition phase of dropping all of the non-essential bullshit in my life and realizing it's not, you know, it's not money. It wasn't like cars. It wasn't any of these things. So I was at this really good spot where I'm like, this stuff doesn't matter. And the moment I met her, I'm like, oh my God, all this stuff probably matters to her. And like, am I going to be enough for her? Is this going to be good enough? I had just worked my, I was like kind of working my way back to ground level with everything. I had a little bit of money saved up by this point. Cause I mean, it was a long time of paying off a lot of debt and I lied to her. I, I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I buffed, I buffed the truth to not make it seem absolutely insane that I'm like, I know we just met and we've only known each other for like, a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'll of course pick up and move down here. But I couldn't tell her that it like, oh, it's going to cost me about eight grand to get out of my lease right now. And I'll totally do that. And I did it on a dime. So I moved down to Florida and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of back at square one financially. And I'm like, fuck, how do I, how do I get around this? So, and you see this so often with so many of the people we get to work with is you have both sides and they're thinking the exact same thing, mm -hmm. but they're assuming the other side's like, don't judge me. Don't judge so me. And shame. the other side's going, don't judge me. Like I, I'm, I'm so embarrassed about all these things. That's everybody's reality. So you have like no choice but to just get down to like that nitty gritty honesty pretty quickly to get everybody on the same page. And that can be scary as all hell. What was that conversation like of like that reveal of where you guys were both at? The first real argument happened probably like four, four or five months in. Love those. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, the honeymoon phase is over. But it was almost like. <laughs> I know. But the, problem, <laughs> but the problem was it wasn't. It was like the actual first, we say argument because it was the first time we actually opened up about all the things that were like eating away at us. Mm -hmm. But like a couple of weeks into me having like picked up and moved down there, I brought like one thing to her attention or a couple of things to her attention. 
And to me, they were so harmless. And to her, she took me as like such an attack on her. So to me, I was living one reality of like, we're just communicating and talking. And to her, she's like, fuck this guy. Because it was stirring up all these emotions that she had had previously in life. So when everything kind of came out, just like so often they do, it just like erupts so nasty. But it didn't matter how much we ever argued or how much it felt like we were working through. It's like I always saw her and who she is now. So Project This Is Me, what is that about? Like, give me sort of the backstory on that and how you guys put that together. Our relationship has been our practice to deepen ourselves, to expand ourselves spiritually, intellectually, like and, and on every level and energetically. So we reflect these things to each other. We, we have understanding, we have safety, respect with each other now, because like we, I, you know, I understand the value of like myself and, and that like the value of like my voice and the things that I care about and how to voice things. And the way that I view myself is so much different, but people come to us and they're like, uh, essentially without saying these exact words, their body language, their story, the, their emotions essentially say, I'm ready to face myself. And they don't even really know quite what that means, but it's like, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like, if you are truly ready, if you've tried everything, if you are just like, fuck, I don't know, I'm in so much pain. I'm just drinking every day, which is me. Look at yourself. What are you doing? What are you running from? Finally, look, it's okay. And so I learned very, very reluctantly and like begrudgingly because of the element that like, A, I didn't even know how to accept or acknowledge the amount of pain that I had. And it was just like thrusted at me. It's like, look at this fucking look at all of it, if you actually want to have the life that is right there waiting for you. The reality is just as you are right now in this moment, you are enough. Like your presence is enough and nobody believes that. So it's because we don't believe that. And we don't believe that because at a young age, we thought we weren't getting our mother's love or our father's love. We immediately abandon ourselves to say, what do I have to become? And what do I have to be that my, I feel like my environment's telling me I have to be to receive just my basic, but you're not sitting there like with a checklist, like, let me get my human needs. It's like, I want love. I crave love. And when I don't get it, guess what happens? I feel pain because that's confusing to me. And because that feels pain, I don't want to feel that pain. So then we seek out a coping mechanism, a device, something to release maybe a chemical, like, I don't know, dopamine. So next thing you know, we're drinking, we're smoking, we're doing drugs, we're doing gambling. Now, the most prevalent one is social media. Of course, you can sit there and be like, yeah, a lot of people are super fake on there. But it's not that people are always trying to intentionally be fake. It's that so many people are literally just simply trying to survive. They think they are doing what they're expected to be and do to be seen in the certain light that's going to render the relevancy, the love, the acceptance, the validation. So to them, they're not going, I'm fake and I'm filtering my photos and Photoshopping everything. They're going, I'm just trying to do the thing to, to receive do. the chemical that I'm trying to get. Humans are so damn complicated. Holy shit. The twists, the turns, like, oh my God. We're complicated, but we're also really simple. When you understand that all those complex things are all firing just for one purpose is to keep you safe. And it's not just physically safe. It's also emotionally safe. It's psychologically safe. That's why like you'll naturally construct a story in your head. Like we all, we refer to it as your bullshit story. It's the story that you're not maliciously creating. It's the story you're telling yourself to justify everything happening around you and to have it make sense and to feel comfortable. Hey guys, if you're here listening to the sessions, thank you. Hello. Hi. And you love some combat sports? Well, be sure to check out Boxing with Chris Mannix. It's every Friday as he talks with the biggest names in boxing, UFC, and yes, even the occasional wrestling superstar. Chris is one of the most passionate and influential voices in the sport 
and easier every week to help you get smarter on all things boxing. He'll also help you win some money on FanDuel with his weekly betting segment where he breaks down the best bets for all the big fights. Download Boxing with Chris Mannix only here on the Volume Podcast Network. How much of this have you talked to Big E about? Because he gets very into a lot of this stuff too, right? E and I, and and Grant is now like close with E too, but you know, E and I have been so close for years and years. And like, even since, you know, I haven't been wrestling or on the road, but we have always touched base. We have always been like, here's where I'm at or something funny or like an old memory or something. And he has, it's funny. Like you could go back through our text thread. If we had one consistent one, you could see the shifts in both of us and like our perceptions and our ability to be open to just like expand ourselves. And so he's like, we've, we actually like connect on a deeper level now because he, he so much has, you know, he's, he's got a beautiful mind. He does. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he, he's been through a lot. He he's experienced a lot. And so have all of, all of us have, but you know, in particular, like we have so much love for him. And I personally think that like when he got the title, something just like either like dissolved within him or aligned or clicked. And it's like, almost like he could see himself more clear because I don't know one person that was not so fucking elated that he won the title because there's not someone more deserving and more unbelievably like charismatic and loving and just such a beautiful person. All of my like timelines were just flooded with love for Biggie, whether it was people that know him, yes. people that are fans of him. Like there was no one being like, oh, he didn't deserve it. Wasn't his time. Blah. Like that just didn't exist when that moment happened for Biggie. I 100%, I feel like it helped him open his eyes just a little bit to like who he is because like, none of us see ourselves, you know, but like, I think that he is starting to really open to that. And it's so, so beautiful. Like, I think he already knew it. I think he knew it right before, like he's known it, knew it before that, but that was like achieving that and attaining that was like kind of the final confirmation that it's like, none of this stuff actually means anything. Like it does, like, it's cool. It's, it's, it's great accolades and it's things like that are a cool metric for being like, you know, where am I at in life? But it actually means nothing compared to like the the personal impact it makes on people. And in that moment, it's like I could have everything in the world uh, materialistically or like achievement wise or whatever. And it's like unless I'm fulfilled from within and it's like he knew that he saw it. And even though he didn't have it for that long, it's like he wanted to. Yeah. He, and he and he wanted to use yeah. it, that platform, which he still does all the time, is like to use that platform to like help other people see that. Yeah, absolutely. What a magical fucking creature that guy is. Love him. I, he is a magical creature. He really he is. is. Like there's no, yeah. no better way to, to describe it. I know we're probably kind of running over on time, but I so I wanted to just share like we are kind of um, reinventing a little bit. Um, what we're offering. Um, but we, for anybody that like this is resonating with that is interested in, you know, a commitment of like truly, truly working on themselves and, and wanting to, to find that, that liberation, that freedom in, in life, you can message us on just on Instagram. It's at Slusbone and his is at Grant Ziak. It's You're like, it's both of our names together as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one big, but also, and like, also, like our, our email for anything like that is just, it's level up at this is me dot live. Our website's under construction right now. That's the way. We're completely reinventing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But, and Renee, like, I know so much of this has been focused on like, you know, this story and like the evolution and all this, but like you so much so have just like, you have really taken ownership of like yourself so much more like your unique, like just essence. And it's really beautiful to see like, so what for you, like, what, what do you attribute that? 
shift to. Like when you were talking about your departure and your exit from WWE, that resonated with me in a sense that I was like, what am I doing? I don't feel like I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I know that life is short and I don't want to be spinning my wheels somewhere just because I know that it's comfortable. I know the paycheck's coming in, but that was not fulfilling to me anymore. So it was like, well, go and do the thing that you want to do. And, you know, there's definitely like the ups and downs with that in terms of like, hey, let's start this show. And we've got the sessions up and running. Um, I'm doing an XM show. Like I'm doing all these different things, becoming a mother. Like it's all of these other things that all kind of align together, but I, I am such a big believer in like the universe kind of giving me signs as well. And that, that kind of came to me at the, you know, at the end of my time with WWE, I remember being on the phone with Michael Cole and I was like, yeah, like, I just think I'm done. Um, I've had a great time, but this feels to me like the ride has slowed down enough for me to quickly jump off without being totally scathed. <laughs> so I, I saw that door open and I took that opportunity. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always a big fan and a big admirer of other people that bet on themselves. So I also want to be that person. I know I have a lot of things to offer and different things that I want to do. And I do believe that I am good at what I do, um, you know, whether it's, you know, having, you know, interviewing people and having connections with people. Like, I think that's the thing at the end of the day is being able to have a great connection with people. Yeah. And- that's, what, that's what life's all about, baby. Yeah, it is. It is. And like, honestly, that's why I love doing this show so much because it's having these conversations and especially when the time flies by like this, you know, it's like not only do you and I, Celeste, just get to like reconnect and I get to see you and hang out with you, but it's seeing this new version of you and hearing these thoughts. And I just, I love that. And we don't always have the time, even though we, you know, we spent time together on the road and time in WWE, but I have people come on the show that we don't get to have these kinds of conversations every day by the ring. You don't get to do that deep dive with people. And I just, I love being able to to do that. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like kind of betting on yourself and wanting to explore and grow and not feel stagnant. I would venture to you're say, amazing. I would venture to say you realize that you actually don't need all those other things, that you're the vessel. That you're I'm the, the vessel. vessel. Yeah. You're the fucking Hell magic, yeah. baby. Yeah, it's, it's you. <laughs> and that's the thing. We, all, we spend all of our lives thinking it's like our job or how much money we have or like the notoriety. And it's like, that's not the vessel. We think that's what we need to do to get people's attention, but it, it's literally, it's you. It's just and you. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course it's a juggle to figure that out. And some days I feel that other days I don't feel that. So it's trying to, you know, you kind of strike the balance between those things as you, you figure it out and confidence grows in a different area that you used to get it from another one. It can definitely be um, a bit of a, a juggling act, but yeah, it's cool. When you feel like you're firing in all cylinders, it's, there's just nothing better. I love it. It's so fun. It's got to be so awesome because I'm just meeting you, but like, isn't she? I I already had such a vibe of you from (laughs) before I ever even saw you because, like, for her to be nervous because she's like, I have so much respect for her. Ah, Celeste. That's 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 (laughs) a girl. Well, if I could kiss you on the forehead right now, you know damn well that I would. I would love it. Oh, there it is. Yay! Oh, my God. I got a little teary-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's for you. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Well, I absolutely adore you. Grant, it was so nice to meet you. This was such a, like, great chat, great hang. You guys are the best. I, I hope that other people listen to this and want to take this uh, advice and, and check all your guys' stuff out. Lean into it. We're so grateful. I like, I know I'm, I'm so grateful. It's such a 
cool experience. And I'm all like always such a huge fan of you always just same. So yeah. Same I'm, so, I'm so grateful. I got to meet you. Uh, so, yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you. So well, I'm going to come for the weekend and we'll do a big journey and we'll, I'll, you know, you guys can trudge up some of my inner demons. Buckle Perfect. Up. Do it. Buckle <laughs> up. Um, all right, guys, thank you for hanging out. This has been the sessions. Everybody get on all the things that they're talking about. I'll post all the links and everyone can check it all out. But thank you, Woo. guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Celeste for joining me. This was one of those interviews, too, where, like, you know, you start talking and, like, one thing leads to another leads to another that, like, I'm not even looking at the notes that I have prepared for the interview and then, you know, our, we actually went, gosh, I think we went like an hour and a half almost on this interview to, you know, what's been what it's been cut down to now, which Emilio is the whiz when it comes to all that stuff. But I had so much stuff still that I didn't even get to talk to her about. I feel like I say that all the time. Does this mean that I'm a bad interviewer that I just like don't get to the things that I want to get to? Or is, is am I a good interview because I'm willing to abandon what I had planned for the interview and you just kind of go where things are going? there Um, maybe a little column a a little bit of column b any hoodles guys thanks for listening Uh, i really appreciate your guys support and hanging out and uh listening to these interviews because i i really do enjoy doing them um i love getting to talk to kind of anybody i love a good conversation i always drive john crazy if we're like in an uber he's like how do you strike up conversations with literally anybody um but it's what i love to do i love it so thanks guys for listening and hanging out and uh You'll hear me on the next episode. Who's on the next episode? Who's our next guest? It is Jay McCaslin, a.k.a. Cone, the bass player from Sum 41. Him and I go way back, way back, way back to Ajax, Ontario natives. Just yucking it up. So uh, get ready for that. Um, If you don't already have on your notifications, set them up because that episode is next. Bye, guys. Bye.